As some of you may know, I begin a three-month sabbatical this week after Ash Wednesday services. And uh, I was struck when I got to the church this morning and realized that I had forgotten to put my watch on, which I, I don't think I've ever done that on a Sunday. So um, apparently I'm already subliminal, or uh, somehow I'm already transitioning, right? So... But I was thinking about my sabbatical while I was reading these stories and thinking about the importance of these mountaintop stories in the Bible. And then I came across this line in a commentary on the Exodus passage. Quote, This passage may be a good way to discuss with the congregation the importance of pastors taking sabbatical time away from their ministerial duties at the church to refresh their strength and to renew their relationship with God. Perfect. (laughs) There is an important lesson about sabbaticals and leadership in this passage. Note that Moses lets the people know who is in charge before he heads up the mountain. You have Aaron and Hur, he tells them. So following Moses' lead, as I prepare to go up the mountain of my three-month sabbatical, I'm here to tell you that Ginger, our vestry, staff, clergy, and seminarians have got this. Indeed, you are in better hands with Ginger in charge than the Israelites were with Aaron. The whole golden calf episode happens while Moses is up on the mountain those 40 days. That's not going to happen with Ginger in charge. (laughs) After three years of capital campaign, bell tower renovation, chancel renovation, I am so grateful to all of you for this opportunity to rest and to reset. There's going to be a, a sabbatical blessing at the end of the service, which I'm looking forward to. But let me say that the greatest sabbatical blessing you could give me would be a really successful annual fund for 2020. And to return from my sabbatical to a fully funded budget, that would be a blessing. I love these two passages that we have uh, this morning on what is sometimes called Transfiguration Sunday. A mountaintop is a classic place for an encounter with God, who in the Bible often appears in the form of a cloud. Jesus' appearance was transfigured on the mountain, just as Moses was when he was before God. And by the way, I am convinced that George Lucas got the idea for force ghosts in Star Wars from the appearance of Moses and Elijah in the Transfiguration story. You know in Star Wars when like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda like appear kind of shimmering, that's a force ghost? He had to get the idea from this. I'm convinced. The parallels and juxtaposition in these passages has a clear point. On the mountain, Moses 
receives the word of God. In the transfiguration, Jesus is revealed as the word of God. That is a profound revelation that echoes Jesus' baptism. For me, the most important part of this passage is Peter and his reaction. Because I can relate to him. He represents each of us and our faith journey. Peter's faith, even though he had confessed Jesus as the Messiah, his faith was the faith of the tablets that Moses brought down from the mountain. But here he witnesses Jesus as God's teaching incarnate. How profound. And his offer to build three dwellings is, I think, a way to keep things as they are to keep things comfortable and known. He wants to build a temple to an unchanging God. Because as soon as they go down that mountain, everything is going to change. It reminds me of a parishioner at the church I served in Santa Barbara who anxiously responded to a discussion about encountering Jesus anew by pleading, Don't we believe in the Sunday school Jesus? God responds to Peter's rambling by declaring, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. How much of our faith is listening instead of talking? How much is listening for God instead of for what we want to hear? Do we listen for God being revealed anew in Jesus? When I was in high school, I visited my aunt and uncle who live in British Columbia, Canada, and I I would frequently visit them when I was growing up, and they're big mountaineers, so I'd done a bunch of uh, climbing with them. And on this particular trip, we did a new route to get up to a peak that I'd climbed with them before. And we went up the tongue of this glacier and over crevasses and all this. And up to the summit of Gray's Peak, which is the mountain featured on the Kokanee Beer Bottle label, which is the regional beer. And so we climb... Gray's Peak, and then we descended a a way I hadn't been before, down through a narrow couar that was maybe 20 feet, 30 feet wide. Now this is, you know, we have crampons, ice axes, ropes, kind of the whole climbing deal. And we're descending through the couar, taking turns, you know, on a rope, and then my uncle, the best climber, comes down without a rope. And I'm standing waiting for him kind of, you know, looking at the amazing view. And all of a sudden, I hear my uncle yell, Rock! And I look up, and there's a rock about half the size of a car tumbling down the couar. And as I'm looking, it hits the side wall 
and shatters. And I run, somehow I didn't slide. I ran to the side, looking over my shoulder as I saw a stone the size of a basketball whiz past exactly where I had been standing. If my uncle had not been listening to the mountain, I would be dead. Thank God he was listening to the mountain. That experience changed my awareness, which is the point. I got down from that mountain and I was a different person because of that experience. The purpose of the mountaintop is not just for that moment, but for how it transcends us and transforms us, how we live when we descend. The mountaintop is about what happens when we come back down. Moses and Jesus were not up on that mountain for themselves, but for us. What have been your mountaintop experiences? How have they changed you? Remember that this is a process. It's a journey. As we see in the Bible, one trip up the mountain isn't enough for anyone. Peter witnessed the transfiguration. He was right there. But shortly after, when Jesus is arrested, he denies knowing him three times. Ultimately, Jesus is the mountain. And we have to climb it again and again and again until we become like him. As we transition from Epiphany into Lent. Prepare yourself to go up the mountain, enter the cloud, and listen.